Welcome to Living For Him podcast, where in every episode, you are invited to experience the joy of a life in Christ. I'm your host, CJ Cousins, and in today's episode, it is my prayer that the primary emphasis and goal of the following message is that you hear and respond to the good news about Jesus Christ and his kingdom. So whoever you are and wherever you are, thank you for joining us. I invite you to listen with an open heart, subscribe for future episodes, and stay tuned for some next steps after this message. Enjoy. Amen. I want you to imagine yourself there with me as we're seeing a a crowd of expectant listeners as they listen to his speech. He's been around now for some time, and And now he's amassed a movement. The authorities, religious and political, are very concerned. They're they're, they're paying close attention to every word that he says. And now, as he just got through speaking, people are left somewhat confused. Because when when they got there, they were expecting him to declare how he was going to set up his kingdom according to their expectations. They were expecting him to do what, what, what earthly rulers do when they want to establish and retain power. I hope you're hearing what I'm saying. And so as, they, as they're there, they're expecting him to talk about the military that he's going to amass. And they're expecting him to, to now take over the Roman authorities. They're, they're expecting him now to, to remove the current establishment and set up his own kingdom. But Jesus completely takes all of the expectations that they had and he flips it on his head and he actually says, you want to you wanna take over the Roman Empire? I need you to love them. Love your enemies, Jesus says. What? You see, what he's letting you know is he has a very different kingdom, oh God. He has a different way of establishing his reign. And so guess what? Matthew 7, Jesus now concludes uh, what it looks like to live life under his kingdom, under his reign of love, as I've been saying from almost every week now, every other week. And, and, and so now what he does is he now starts to demonstrate the power of his kingdom. It, Jesus is now going to say, okay, I just, I just talked the talk, now I'm going to walk the walk. I hope you're hearing me. And, 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 and so what he does is, now watch this. It's not like Jesus is like, okay, at this point, exactly at this time, uh, with these amount of seconds, I'm going to now heal this person. And, and please keep, 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 keep in the background of your mind. He just got through talking about what his kingdom looks like. He's not going to demonstrate it. But, but please understand, there is a movement of disciples that are witnessing everything we're about to talk about today. They've just heard the talk, and they're now going to witness him walk it out. Why? Because if you are a follower of Jesus, if you're a disciple, then you're someone who's patterning your life after the master. So please understand what Jesus is doing. He's saying you can do through the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing me? Please talk back to me today. Okay, so, so, so what he's saying to you is everything you just heard me say, first of all, Jesus doesn't say that which he's not living already. And then now he says, okay, now, now watch what I do because that's what I want you to do by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so watch this. As he is going, as he's what? 
As he's going, as he's going, it's not like he scheduled it. As he's going, he gets down the mountain. He's interrupted by someone that everybody under normal circumstances would flee with in, in terror. They would immediately quarantine. A leper comes to Jesus and says, if you're willing, would you please cleanse me? I believe, I know you can heal me. And Jesus does something that you're not supposed to do. Jesus, the life giver, reaches out. He touches this man. Healing virtue goes from his hands. And the man is immediately healed. And he says, it's because of your faith. Watch this. That's as Jesus is going. Demonstrating the power of the kingdom. As he's going about life. An opportunity comes now to make someone whole. Then, shortly after that, as he's going now, he's on his way to Capernaum. I'm in Matthew chapter 8 if you're there. A centurion, listen, a centurion. This man represents the oppressor. This man represents the establishment. This man represents the very government that they want to see overturned. And Jesus just got through saying, love your enemies. And this man initially just sends a delegation of friends. Please, Jesus, I know you're a man under authority. I know you have power when you say and when you do things. They happen. And he says, Jesus, look, just say the word. A moment ago, Jesus, a man came to him. Remember, as he is going, Jesus touched in person this the healing power happened right there because he was there present physically. But, but watch this. The guy now says, whoa, whoa, Jesus, look, I believe that you have so much power that just by the word you speak, it's going to happen. Just say the word so that my servant is healed. And Jesus, the second time that Jesus shows that he is amazed. Imagine, God in human flesh is amazed at something. He's amazed here. Because of the man's faith that he can't even find amongst his church. This person who represents the oppressor is demonstrating far more faith than the people that he came to primarily entrust with the good news. And here's someone he says represents many that are going to come from the east and the west and be careful because he's going to replace you. He has faith in the king. Therefore, he experiences the power of the kingdom. Jesus says, let it be according to your faith. It happens immediately the time that the request came. But like a beautiful song that builds up to a crescendo, this day that Jesus is having, now he's in Capernaum, the seat of his ministry, the base of his ministry. Jesus now, again, as he is going, enters into the house there in Capernaum. I've been there. You can go there to this day, the home of Peter. Archaeologists have confirmed and, and believe that this is the house of Peter. And Jesus enters into that house, and, and Peter's mother-in-law is sick, and she has a fever, and the implications there means it could be, be life-threatening. Jesus goes in there. This time, you don't hear a record of her requesting the healing. But Jesus now is again going to demonstrate the power of his kingdom. And he just touches her hand. And she gets up in full vigor and health and starts to serve, which is what you do when you've received the power of God. 
you start to serve the one who loves you and who, who has healed you, okay? And so watch this now. It continues to build. Come with me now. Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, because here's what we need to first understand. How is it that Jesus, in contrast to how we on earth, how governments on earth, how people on earth tend to want to flex their muscles, tend to want to establish their influence, tend to want to establish their, 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 their power, he's going to demonstrate for us how he establishes the power of his kingdom. And we want to ask the question, Jesus, how do you do that? Because the, because the implication is we're followers of Jesus and filled with the Holy Spirit, we're supposed to do what he's doing. Are you hearing that? If you are, say amen. Then come with me now. Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. I want you to come down now to verse number 16. He's just got through healing Peter's mother-in-law. He's in a house. The implication we're about to see here in a moment is that it's a Sabbath because the people are going to wait till the evening once the sun sets to be healed. Why? Because of fear of the tradition, not biblical, but the fear of the teaching of the Pharisees, right? They don't want to be put out of the synagogue. So watch this. Verse number 16. When evening came, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and, and he cast out spirits, watch, with a word, and healed all who were ill. Verse 17, this was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah, the prophet. He himself took our infirmities and carried away our diseases. We're living in a time where people need healing more than they've ever needed before. And when I say that, it's very easy to immediately think COVID-19 to, to immediately think of the people that right now need healing. But I want you to know healing goes beyond healing of diseases. The type of healing that Jesus wants to bring to humanity is holistic. The type of healing that Jesus wants to bring to humanity often comes in the form of a smile to someone who's discouraged, to, to a health worker who's, who, who has no more strength left to an essential worker who doesn't know if they're going to have a job in the next month. It, it, healing comes often through encouragement. Healing often comes like someone here from church this week reached out to us and said, hey, do you guys need a meal? I just felt impressed to just send you some food. Healing is holistic. Someone says, hey, I want you, don't worry about this, don't worry about the rest of the day uh, to your spouse to your spouse, I got the kids. Just take some rest. Take some time for yourself. Have some self-care. Are you hearing me? Healing is holistic. It's relational. It's physical. It's spiritual. It's mental. It's emotional. And if we're going to experience the power of the kingdom, number one, we got to experience it by first putting our faith in the king in order to bring wholeness into people's lives. And that right now is going to go over a lot of your heads, right? You go, I'm not a healthcare worker. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a medical professional. I want you to broaden your, your concept right now of wholeness and healing from a biblical perspective, from a kingdom perspective. See, what Jesus is trying to do with us and what he was doing in his life, death, burial, and resurrection is draw a sharp contrast to the kingdom of this world with the kingdom of God, which is why we're here. 
the kingdom of God is not just when we get to heaven at the second coming. It's now and then. Wherever the king is, is where he reigns. And he first wants to reign in your heart so that your environment establishes his reign. And you're seeing here how he establishes his reign. He doesn't kick doors down and bring out weapons. He identifies where the pain is. He, he looks for where the need is. And he comes in with wholeness and healing. That's Jesus. That's the kingdom. I often think of Adra. Any of you from our church, our faith community, some Davenist church, we have an amazing humanitarian organization. And when that bomb took place in Lebanon, not too long ago, someone correct me here, maybe at the top of the year, I was amazed at how quickly they moved in to bring wholeness and healing and restoration and needed supplies and medical supplies. Are you hearing me? See, Often what, what, what happens is, is that people, when these tragedies happen, like we saw this week, people begin to wonder, where's God? Someone that came here and spoke one of our younger generation weekends that we had a couple years ago. I love this brother man. Uh, Joseph Shabbat, Shabazz? Shabazz? I, I always stumble on, on his last name. But he preached for us and... Um, was our series that we did called Be the Movement. He said something I've never forgotten. He said that the church is the Holy Spirit with skin on. That's so good, I'm going to say it twice. The church is the Holy Spirit with skin, with flesh on. Where's God? God's looking at you and he's like, where are you? Because I need vessels. I need instruments. Don't misunderstand. Does God have angels right now that are on the move, on the ground right now, helping and moving? And yes, absolutely. But often the most impactful thing is when he has somebody that is experiencing and now is going to demonstrate like Jesus did under the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the kingdom in order to bring wholeness into people's lives. He needs you. He needs you to call that person, check in with them. How are they? Get the temperature of where they are mentally and emotionally. What are their needs? What, are the, what does their family need? Yes, be safe, but heal. Do they need to laugh? <laughs> are you funny? Uh, what do you do professionally? What are your gifts? Bring wholeness. Bring healing. See, that's why you have a profession. That's why you have the gifts that you have. The same Holy Spirit that was moving and flowing through Jesus is available to you. Is moving in and through you and right now wants to bring wholeness into the lives of people right now in your life, in this church, in this community. He wants to use you. You're the solution to somebody's problem. My heart was filled with the music this morning. I mean, it filled me in a way that I was like, Holy Spirit, do something today as I get ready to speak to your people. And the music brought a level of wholeness to me, healing to me. And, and, and you may be going, God, I, I don't see the miraculous type of stuff happening 
that Jesus did. And he's like, you don't understand. The most miraculous thing that you can do is when you sing that song with a smile on your face. The most miraculous thing you can do is when you talk about Jesus and how he's sustaining you right now in the midst of this global pandemic. You still have a job. Somebody needs to hear your story, ups and downs, but Jesus is there sustaining you. They need you right now. Uniquely you, your story. Don't hide from it. It's uniquely yours. And Jesus is not done with your story yet. But as your story is manifesting, there are people he strategically has in your life. Remember, it's as Jesus was going, the needs came. Oh, somebody hear me right now. Lord God, have mercy. As he was going, the needs came. Sometimes we try to get together. Don't get, don't get me wrong. I, I often want to do this myself. You want to get your team together, right? And you want to strategize how you're going to bless the community. You want to strategize how are we going to now bless with our church school? How are we going to strategize how we're going to with our grow groups, right? But Jesus is like the most impactful ministry happens as you're going. In your home, in your community, in your Zoom grow group. Whatever you're doing, it's an opportunity. Most of the mission needs to happen up here. Open your eyes as you're going. Jesus moves on as he's going. He get, Oh man, all this healing is taking place. I mean, just imagine the scene. Demons are coming out at a word. He doesn't have to get into any kind of physical combat with them and do all kind of hocus pocus. He just says, ah, come out. Under the authority of the Son of the living God come out. And they have to move. No question. And please hear me. He's saying you can do the same. I'm going to get to that in a moment. But watch what happens in that. Jesus is just going about. There's a big crowd following how. I mean, what he's doing is creating a movement. People are seeing how he's bringing wholeness into people's lives. And, and as this is happening... Uh, the, the Bible lets us know that he now wants to go into, the, into a boat, right? He, he wants to go onto the sea. He wants, to go, he wants to go to the other side. And as he's in process with his team, with his disciples, right, with his small group, with his grow group, right, he, he's, he's, he's got them with him. And, and then now there's some other disciples. There's some people that maybe want to be disciples, right? They come to him and, oh, man, you got to come with me now. Matthew chapter 8. Because Jesus is sounding pretty harsh right about now, but I want you to pay close attention to what's happening here. Okay? There's a crowd that's following him. He gives orders that they need to go to the other side. And then a scribe comes to him and says to him in verse 19, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Sounds good, doesn't it? Ah, teacher. I'll follow you wherever you go. Whatever you say, whatever you teach me, I want, to be, I want to be down. I want to be a part of the movement. I want to be a part of this kingdom movement. How can I be down? And Jesus now, listen to him. He says to this guy, he says, hey, hey foxes have holes and, and the birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. By the way, some scholars believe, and um, we have some counsel that, that this could have been Judas. You guys know that in the Bible, Judas is recorded to have been a thief. All right, so, so, so there was an issue of, of stealing and, and kind of wanting position, right? Part of the idea behind him betraying Jesus, I'm just throwing this in here, part of the idea of him betraying Jesus because he wanted to force Jesus' hand to establish his kingdom by force. 
I'm going to put you in a situation where they're going to arrest you. And Jesus, all that nonviolent love your enemy stuff, you're going to, have to, you're going to be put in a situation. You're going to have to push that out, out of the way. And you're going to have to flex your muscles now, Jesus. He wanted the power. Are you following me? He wanted wealth. Some people, and my wife and I have, have, have kind of just made this, we've just come up with this expression. We say this uh, to describe people that, that just, like, just like this guy, it's just like, hey, I'll, I'll go wherever you go. I'll join that group. I'll, I'll be a part of that ministry. I'll, I'll, I want to join your church, Pastor CJ, whatever. And we, and we say, okay. And as we watch them, we notice that sometimes people just think Jesus is cute, but they don't want to say, I do. There are people that, 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 that see Jesus, right, lover of their souls, and he's standing at the altar, and he's like, oh, I'll, look at the cross, man. That's the wedding invitation. I've got a wedding feast in store for you when I return. And, and, and he's, he's saying, hey, please come. Do, do you say yes. Do, do you, do you, I, I do. I do. You know. And, and, and many people think Jesus is cute. They want to be around the things of God. They, 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 they like to hear the music. They, they like to hear it go, come on, preach that word, Pastor CJ, right? But they're not in the word during the week. They think he's cute, but they don't want to say, I do. They don't want to be all in, Andy. Not yet. And Jesus is patient. You see, what we're discovering here, let me keep moving, man. I'm getting ahead of myself. So, Jesus now, what he's doing here is he's pushing back. He's, he's, he's testing the actual authentic, the, the, the authenticity of the request, the, the, the authenticity of the statement. I'll follow you wherever you go. He goes, really? Let's see about that. I, I, really don't, I'm, I really don't have a place right now. All right. Watch this next part now. Verse 21. Here goes, as he's going, another of the disciples said to him, Lord, permit me first to go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, follow me and allow the dead to bury their own dead. Whoa. What's going on? I mean, the moment sometimes when somebody shows even an inkling of an interest to want to follow Jesus or want to be a part of my church, I'm calling them up. I'm, I'm, I'm hunting them down. I'm chasing them like, whoa, like, Welcome to the family. You want to join our group? You want to start the Bible study? Like I'm, I'm, and Jesus just seems to kind of be actually whittling down his team. He's, he's testing them. What's going on, Jesus? Don't, didn't you die for the sins of the world? Don't you want, even when people just, what about meeting people where they're at? There's something that, that, that you discover when you begin to study the life, burial, death, and resurrection of Jesus, the, the, the Gospels. If you still do a harmony study of the Gospels, here's what you begin to understand. The life of Jesus can be broken up into about four or five sections, okay? And how he makes disciples is very informative about how we should be making disciples. I, did, I preached on this some, some months ago, okay, about following Jesus. And, and, and here's something you'll discover about Jesus' method of making disciples. He first says, and you see this in John chapter 1, he first says, come and see. Come and see. Come, come experience me and what the scriptures say about me and see if it all adds up. Right? Come and see. That's the invitation. Check me out. Come to the grow group. Experience the worship experience. You know, whatever. Come and see. And then his second invitation is follow me. Okay, you've come. You've experienced. You have a sense of who I am and what my claims are and what I accomplished for you at the cross. Okay, Take the next step. 
You'll often hear me say at the conclusion of a message, I want to help guide people along the next steps to following Jesus. This is what I'm talking about. The next invitation, you, you, okay, now, now he's at the altar, so, so I do, right? Follow me, Jesus says. The third invitation, see, he, when, he says, when he says follow me, now he's inviting you into uh, community because you're not the only one following him. So this is why we have grow groups, for instance, because it allows all of us to learn how to live life like Jesus, how to love like Jesus. Right? To learn of Jesus. Okay, so we're following his teachings together and learning how to live our lives according to the kingdom principles. All right, so follow me, and you do that in the context of community. All right, now, the, the third invitation, I want you to see the progression with Jesus. The third invitation is fish with me. Fish with me. You'll notice in Matthew chapter 4, it, 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 it will appear that Jesus is calling those disciples that were fishing and couldn't catch anything, right? Peter and, and Andrew and James and John, you may be familiar, and it just looks like they just left everything and just started following him. And you're like, man, what was it about Jesus? It just made them just drop their business, right? Well, here's what you discover. If you go back to John chapter... He's saying to you. And so what, what you need to understand here is, is that what Jesus is doing, he first brings wholeness into people's lives. But after that third invitation of fish with me, in other words, use your gifts to minister the needs of people around you in your sphere of influence, okay, with Jesus. But now what he's saying is sacrifice with me. That's the fourth invitation of the follower of Jesus. As you're now going to start building relationships with people in your sphere of influence, as you're meeting needs and, make, and, and bringing wholeness into people's lives in whatever way, shape, or form that is, people are going to start responding to the Christ in you. You live out your story, you share your story about Jesus, and they get to know Jesus. So he says that takes self-sacrificing love. That's why he says love your enemies. Love your neighbor as yourself golden rule as we just saw do unto others you would have them do unto you the context is do that as you're making disciples okay so watch this jesus saves his hardest challenges for this phase of his ministry he's months from the cross and he's getting serious so he's not like right when he just meets these people like Hey, uh, I need you to love me more than your mom and your dad. Like, come on, get on with the kingdom, right? Like, 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 I ain't got no place to lay my head. You got to forget everything that you're doing right now and come follow me in some commune off in the mountains. It, 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 no, that's not what he's doing. He's been progressively moving them along to these four invitations, taking them to the next step, the next level. And now he's at a place now where you've kind of been on the periphery now. Somebody, Holy Spirit, right now. You, you, you've been on the periphery, you've been attending, you, 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 you've been maybe contributing, but now you need to go all in with Jesus. We're in a season right now where you can't half-step with Jesus. And Jesus is saying, now I need you to say, I do, like go all in right now. That's where we are. It's now time to move into maturity in Jesus Christ. So what he's saying here is, I, 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 I'm drawing you, this is, the, this is our next point, the power of the kingdom draws disciples while testing their faith. The power of the kingdom, what you see manifested in Christ, what's being manifested in you into other people's lives, and they start to see Jesus and they're, they're drawn to him, what happens is it, Jesus is attractive. By the way, if your life is not attracting 
as a, as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, a Seventh-day Adventist follower of Jesus, if your life is not attracting new followers of Jesus, there's something wrong in your experience, and you just need to turn, repent, and now get with Jesus. Come back to him again. Go back to that first love, and you'll start to see, as Jesus becomes the emphasis of your life, you'll start to see people start wanting to now hang out with you. Are you feeling me? Yeah. All right. And so, so Jesus is saying, as that happened in his life, that should be happening in your life. It's really, actually, it's not that hard. It's just, you just notice people just start to want to be friends with you. It's as you are going. Are you seeing that in the story today? It's as you're going about life, okay? And what happens is, and this is often a, a, a moment when people start following Christ or, be, or joining our church, I get a little nervous. I start praying a little bit harder for them. Because once they go all in and they enter the pool, and they say, yes, I want to be a part of your church. I start worrying about how COVID-19 is affecting their life and their world and, 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 the, and the economy. And I start worrying about the relationships that they have. I start concerning myself with the time that they're, are they are they giving enough time to Jesus so that he can shape their life. Why? Because I know that their faith is going to be tested. And God's going to let it happen. What happens right after this? They get in the boat and there's a storm. Are we in a storm right now? Yeah. And God lets it happen. But you go, well, God, why would you do that? The power of your kingdom is drawing people to you. Yes, it is. But your faith is like a muscle. Oh, God, please, somebody hear me. Your faith is like a muscle, right? God knows the big test that he's going to help you overcome, and he's going to get the glory out of it. But he knows the big test is over there. And so along the way, what he's got to do, because through your, Lord, God have mercy, through your story, other people's faith is getting built to turn to Jesus. So he's got to get into your story with you and strengthen your faith to help you move from this test. All right, dust that off, give him some calm, give him some relax, right? And then, okay, there's another one coming, boom. And at each time, it's like you're getting more weights. You're building up faith muscles. Faith is a big theme right throughout this entire story. Because he's moving you to a place where all that's being revealed in your life, please, is Jesus. And often that takes testing. Can I just be frank and real with you? We like to rely on ourselves, our schedules, our abilities our plans. That's what he wants you as his follower, as his disciple, as his student to do in the storm. Because he's on mission as he's going. Where is he going? Oh, this is where I wanted to get. Here we go. Where was he going? He was going to the other side. It was for mission. He was going to the side where it was the, it was the Gentile region, the non-Jewish region. And where was he going? He was going to meet somebody that was full of a legion of demons. That could be anywhere from two to 4,000 demons. A legion was about two to 4,000 uh, unit, uh, a, a Roman uh, uh, a group of soldiers. I'm forgetting how you, what you call that. Okay? Thousands. Okay? Two guys. Come with me now to verse... Come with me to verse number 28. And the Bible says, And when he came to the other side into the country of the, the Gadarians, that's the region of Gennesaret, 
That's Decapolis. That's this non-Jewish territory. Two men who were demon-possessed met him as they were coming out of the tombs. They were so extremely violent that no one could pass by that way. And they cried out saying, what business? Oh, man. They cried out saying, what business do we have with each other, son of God? They know who he is. Have you come here to torment us before the time? Have you come here to torment us before the time? I want you to buckle your seatbelts just for a few minutes here as I get ready to land this plane. What Jesus is about to do now is he's about to manifest the power of his kingdom to overcome demonic strongholds. He's going to overcome demonic strongholds. He's going to contrast the kingdom of God with the kingdom of Satan, the kingdom of darkness. And he's going to show that his power is stronger than the devil's power, although the devil would like to make you believe the opposite. I want you to understand that there are some things that you're witnessing, like what we saw on Tuesday, that are the working of supernatural forces. There are some things that you might even be witnessing in the lives of people that you know. There may be things even sometimes, may, may even somebody on the sound of my voice may be popping up in your life. And there are things that you might need to do. You may need to go see a therapist. You may need to go get some maybe medication. You may need to take, take better care of yourself. There might be some addictions that some people here are facing. Are, are, are you with me? One of the most prevalent right now is social media addiction. Smartphone addiction. Are, are, are you following me? This is, and this is revealing something in our hearts that we need to be freed from. And fundamentally... Listen, fundamentally, the one who is the one that is able to, at the deepest level, heal you and free you from that often is Jesus. Uh, it, Jesus and therapy. Go get the therapy. Right? Get the medication. Take care of yourself. Right? Get some support in your life. Jesus is working through all of that. But don't neglect Jesus. Because at the end of the day, there's some things that you're witnessing. In, there's, there are just some things that you're seeing in your life that are demonic strongholds that only Jesus can free, that only Jesus can step in. And did, did you notice how the demons knew who Jesus was the moment he showed up? There's a, sometimes there's a tangible spirit in a room. Uh, are, you, are you understanding? Sometimes there is a... Uh, there, see, God is not number one. Watch this, contrasting the kingdom of, of, of darkness with the kingdom of God. God's kingdom is based on truth. Satan's kingdom is based on lies. So God needs to contrast lies with truth. The Bible says that God's kingdom, God is a God of order, right? He's not the author of confusion. Are you following me? And so there are some things that are indicators to let you know that this requires spiritual warfare. This doesn't just require, hey, you know, I really think you need to go see a therapist. Yeah, maybe they do. Or, you know, hey, you may, you may need to take care of yourself. Maybe just take some time off, you know. Or maybe I need you to step away out of this situation and get away. Well, you know what, guys? Let me just be frank. Sometimes you need to get on your knees and just start to pray. I don't know if anybody saw the video that went out circulating the moment that thing happened this week on Tuesday. 
There were people that actually worked there on the Capitol, immediately went into intercessory prayer. I don't know, if, I don't know how many of you saw Barry, Chaplain Barry Black, he's a member of our, our community faith, our church, okay? The Senate chaplain of the, of the Senate gave a powerful prayer and was interviewed about that prayer. And what sustains his faith, are you hearing me? As you are going. And he talked about the relationship with Jesus. You see, the environments that you're in are places where the great controversy, where the battle between good and evil is happening. This is why we're at a place now. I hope you're hearing my heart today. You need to move now from this kind of immature baby Christian. We need to move into, I need to be with Jesus every day. I need to let the lover of my soul fill my heart with his love. I need the power of the kingdom to manifest in my life. Why? Because wherever you go, the kingdom has manifested and Satan's kingdom must fall. The demons aren't scared of you. They're scared of Christ in you. And so you need to put on Christ, as Paul would say. You enter into combat every day you get up and take in a breath. How can you go into battle without the one that the demons flee from? Please, Jesus, can you just send us into those pigs, please? Please, Jesus, are you going to torment us before the time? Listen, this is the same Jesus that has little children resting on his bosom. He's love, but he's just. And he will bring evil to an end. Evil recognizes Jesus. And when Jesus shows up in a room, they're terrified because they know the king that they ultimately have to answer to. That's why when you show up with Jesus and you start to pray with authority, Father, right now, I don't know what's happening right now in this moment, but Jesus and his reign needs to be established here. Enter into this situation right now. The demons have to move. Why? Because when Jesus wants to demonstrate the power of the kingdom, the most vivid picture of the power of the kingdom. Guess what he does? He doesn't pull out an army. When Jesus wants to demonstrate the power of the kingdom, he doesn't enter into combat. He doesn't say, meet me at the playground at 5 p.m. Okay, that's a little late. You're probably at home by that point. Meet me at the playground at 3 p.m. No, Jesus takes some wood and he goes up a hill and people are spitting on him. The power of Satan's kingdom is being demonstrated and he lets it be demonstrated. You ever see like a film, like a superhero maybe movie, and you're wondering why is the superhero allowing himself to get beat up for this period of time, right? He knows he's going to pull out the whatever and crush that enemy, right? That villain, right? But he's allowing the enemy to kind of get his licks in. Jesus is doing that at the cross because what he wants you to do is he wants you to see this is, see, we're confused. And he wants you to see this is my kingdom this is Satan's kingdom. Do you, do, do, are you seeing clearly what Satan's kingdom looks like? Lies, confusion, violence, coercion, even in the name of Jesus. That's the most deadly form, actually. And so he goes to the cross, and he says, now do you, do you see his kingdom? Okay, now, now check out my kingdom. Oh, man. I'm here, not just for you, I'm here as you. 
All your mistakes, gone. That thing that you say you're struggling with, I'm dealing with it right now. And I just need you to say, I do. And then I'm going to enter into your life and clean that mess up, right? But, but, but do you see the difference here? My kingdom, the power of my kingdom is self-sacrificing love. And that's what he wants to form in your life. But he first just says, do you receive it by what you see on Calvary? And if you receive that, I keep encountering sincere brothers and sisters that are unclear about the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's fuzzy. And they're lacking assurance of their salvation. Right now, we need crystal clarity. Jesus did it when he was on the cross and he said, it is finished. He meant what he said. Your mistakes, your dysfunction, your problems, your failures, your addictions, finished at the cross. You're forgiven. You are. You need to receive it as reality in your life and now let the Holy Spirit do the work. I want to invite you to pray. I want to invite you to pray right now where you are. I don't know, maybe you're with family and it's safe for you to hold hands. And you're watching. You want to hold hands. I know we've went a little bit over here today. Holy Spirit, right now in the name of Jesus Christ, God, we got to move. we got to move from a superficial forms-based religious experience. We got to get we got to get past that now, God. We got to move into the power of your kingdom because your kingdom is about to be fully manifested at the soon second coming of Jesus Christ. And right now what we're seeing in our world very clearly, we can see the contrast between Satan's kingdom and we need to now start seeing the the revelation, the manifestation of your kingdom and the power of your kingdom in and through our lives as followers of Jesus. And the world needs to see that contrast. They need to see that difference right now, just like they saw it at the cross. Because at the cross, the Bible says the hearts of many were revealed. Your heart was revealed. Your heart for humanity was revealed. Satan's heart was revealed. He works through coercion and force. God, the hearts of our, our hearts were revealed, that we are selfish and we need your grace. And so right now, Father, we, we're asking Holy Spirit for latter rain power. We're asking for the unction to start getting together in groups, grow groups, forming them organically. We're asking God right now that wherever we are, the strongholds, addictions, demonic strongholds are broken. We're asking right now, Heavenly Father, that we'll start praying together as a community. Wednesday night is a great opportunity. We're asking that we start praying more in our homes. We're asking God that we do spiritual battle, not physical battle, spiritual battle. We're asking right now that we so connect with you every single day through reading, meditating, and journaling through Scripture. However we connect with you so that your love can be manifested in and through our lives to bring wholeness, God, into people's lives. Do it, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray together. Amen. Thank you for listening to Living for Him podcast. I pray that you were blessed by this message and that you experienced the good news of the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. I'd like to personally invite you to respond to this good news and take the next steps in following Jesus by clicking the prompt in the description. I've also created a resource to help you experience the joy of a close relationship with Jesus called the Life in Christ Daily Devotional Journal. If you'd like to experience Jesus daily, 
watch the good news of his story unfold throughout scripture, and do this as a weekly small group gathering, then get your copy today in print or ebook by clicking the link in the description. Living for Him exists to tell the story of Jesus for the equipping of healthy disciple makers who extend His reign of love. If you'd like to support the further development of this exciting ministry, then I encourage you to become a monthly supporter by also clicking the link in the description. Your support is greatly appreciated. You're also invited to like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to this podcast and subscribe to our e-newsletter by visiting our website at livingforhim.tv. Lastly, we kindly ask that you write us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you're listening to us on, and share this podcast with your friends. I look forward to meeting you here again in our next episode, where our desire is that you experience the joy of life in Christ. Once again, I'm CJ Cousins, and I'm living for him.